Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate, and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met, and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is? if we refuse to recognize and understand hate. Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate. Embrace hate. Learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires. saying anyone should be forced to be pro-white. All we're saying 
is that whether anyone likes it or not, white people have the right to be pro-white. White people have the right to a sense of racial consciousness, racial identity, and racial pride. We have the right to date, to marry white, and to raise our white children to be pro-white. We have the right to love our own people, and to raise our children to love themselves and their people. And above all else, white people have the right to unify, organize, and fight back against the rising tidal wave of anti-white hatred. Don't like it? Too fucking bad. That's your problem, not ours. The anti-white powers that be want you to believe that you don't have a right to be victorious. They want pro-whites to be defeated, broken, and conquered. But we have no intention of surrendering to their intimidation. Pro-white means supporting whites' rights to a collective sense of racial consciousness, identity, and pride. It means supporting whites' rights to pursue self-determination in our collective racial destiny. Whether anyone likes it or not, the white race has a right to be pro-white. White people don't lack in numbers. What we lack is unity. If we can figure out how to unify, organize, and fight back, show's over. We win. Historically speaking, when white people finally say enough is enough, the entire world trembles beneath our collected footsteps. But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being, nor can the dead ever be brought back to life. Yeah. 
Radio Network at ResolutionAudio.com. You are listening to the Sonny Thomas Show, and I am your host, Sonny Thomas. 
If you want to call in on this now, it's area code 607-203-5423. It's area code 607-203-5423. You can follow us on uh, various social media. We're on Wimkin, Getter, Gab, Twitter, Telegram, and TikTok at Sunny Thomas Show. You can also follow us on Wimkin, Getter, Gab, Telegram, at Resolution RDO, and on Twitter at Resolution RDO and the number one. So that's pretty much what we're looking at at the moment. So we got some pretty cool stuff um, to cover um, at this juncture, and we got a lot of things going to cover uh, as far as the show is going tonight. Okay, so um, I obviously have some sad news to deliver. Uh, I mentioned on some of the social media posts, Toto, who is a longtime contributor to the St. Thomas Show, uh, longtime friend, uh, someone I've known since high school, and uh, just just indispensable on many categories when it comes to STS, uh, Lorraine has passed away. Um, she died September 9th, and um, she had been having some health issues the last several years, but it just been has been steadily gra- gradually getting worse. And um, I, I, at one point, I, I told her she had to come to the realization that she most likely is never going to be able to work again. Once you get to that point, understand that, then you can kind of focus on what you need to do to at least try to have a little bit better um type of living and having a lot of the health issues she had uh, just compounded on top of each other. And some, some were kind of tributary from one to another, but uh, again, it's, it's, it's no fun. And so uh, we're going to respectfully dedicate the first half hour of this show uh, to Toto. Uh, that was her on air moniker because the fact that Toto was always the one that was there Help Dorothy, and would oftentimes, and when uh, pulled the, the curtain back to show that the wizard wasn't the one to be scared of, it's the guy pulling the levers. So she was always very helpful in helping to expose uh, the fraud in the New World Order in, in different ways and, and different um, avenues that was available to her at the time. So she would be very, very sorely missed, and uh, she's with us in spirit, and will always be part of this program. That's for sure as her birthday is coming up here in the next couple of days. She would have been 49, uh, but she was about five weeks shy of her birthday uh, and her untimely passing. So very sad news. And it, uh, even though I was there within a couple hours after she had actually passed, um, and I had to have that confirmation that she was actually gone, I was still in denial for a good week or so that, she was gone. I mean, she was always there, you know, um, no matter what. I mean, I could talk to her any given time, talk to her about a lot of different things. And it's just it's just the realization that someone I cared about is no longer with us in this realm. So, yes. So it just reminds you that, especially when I saw her fam- some of her family members and stuff like that, 
I had contacted her bro- one of her brothers, let her know that she she had passed, and he was in shock because he had another sister had passed about a, a year or two two ago. So that's like a one-two punch. So he lost both of his sisters. But um, it's just a a reminder that everybody in your family can be here today, gone tomorrow, especially if they're older or if they uh, do have some health issues. Uh, cherish every moment with them because of the fact that um, they could be gone. And, and same with your pets. Your pets, too. Your pets want nothing but love and compassion. So just bear in mind that those that are around you could disappear at any given time and go on to the next realm, wherever that may be. So, again, cherish the time because there are much more rough times ahead that's coming, and you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I believe this this country is positioning itself to a verge of collapse. I believe at some particular point, unless whites step up and start saying enough is enough and really start holding their elected politicians accountable, uh, that this country is going to collapse because of its own short-sightedness. And when you have people who care more about what the fucking Cincinnati Bengals do instead of what their fucking congressman does, this is what you get, okay? Well, I, I'm so sick of hearing these fuckers talk about sports teams in the collective. I've mentioned on the show many times over the years, and it's always we and us. All you got to do is read quotes from Ayn Rand, or even better, read her book Anthem, which is a short story. It's in large print. It's about 100 pages long. Trust me. Get that book. Read it. And see how much it's like to be in the collective. Uh, Wow. Very powerful. So that's why we are in a very serious state of affairs right now. We have a a duly elected president who is fucked out of his his re-election. Uh, being thrown all sorts of charges against uh, because they want to st- – we're becoming a banana republic right in front of our eyes. Again, because white people are too worried about political correctness and worrying about sports. The, the worst medium there is out there is the sports commentator because they think they know everything that's going on about what that sports figure is going to do, that what that player is going to do in the court or on the field. Okay, You don't have a fucking clue what that player is going to do. You just have an assumption – on past performances. How about knowing what your fucking congressman's going to do or how he's going to stick it and stab you in the back and make you pay for shit that you don't want to fucking pay for or even worse, your children and children's children will pay for that mistake for years to come. Not to mention the simple issue of knowing where the hell your money is going and who is it being sent off to and what is it being spent on? That is a whole nother issue. So this whole bullshit with Ukraine, and now, of course, the shit with Israel and, and, and Palestine has really opened up some very, very interesting situations here. But like I said, we're going to cover a lot of that this evening, and we're going to really start showing who really runs this fucking country by simply saying, you, if you do support one side or the other – or you don't have an opinion, or you're a non-interventionist. All those are the wrong answer. Because if you don't support Israel, then you will be targeted. And we're going to cover a lot of articles about that very situation tonight. Another issue we want to look at, too, is that all this left-wing gender-bending and all this other bullshit thinks gives some people some protection. You know, in the 90s, you always had the token lesbian, okay? And you always had the token black guy who's either the who cracked the jokes or is the butt of jokes in many casts. Um, and oftentimes is the, one of the first ones to die. 
you know, in, in many horror films. So it's interesting because you can kind of see some of the stereotypes that they have and how exactly it's shown on screen. So we're going to cover a lot of that particular situation as well, as well as how much things have changed from my generation and how we grew up to things that are happening today. Just today I was driving home and I saw what I'm assuming, again, very good assumption on my part these days, right? Most likely I am probably 98% sure that person was a female. I saw a female walking here in Springboro. Uh, coming off uh, Franklin Cooker Road onto 73, going from some of the grass there onto the sidewalk. And she had, assuming a sweat jacket wrapped around her waist, which again, slightly accents her feminine figure. She was obviously carrying a backpack with one of these stupid fucking shapes or an animal or whatever the fuck it is, loosely hanging off her back. The most disturbing scene of all is she had complete headphones on her head not earbuds but headphones so i see that a lot when i do see some females walking on 73 here in springboro i see a lot of them wearing headphones and the worst part of it is is that is the best way to get accosted and in certain sections where you're at especially right there by that intersection as i mentioned there's a lot of wooded area still there on both sides of the street, actually. Once you get past Tractor Supply Company, once you get past that road, uh, you start seeing a lot of wooded areas up in there because those are somewhat undeveloped properties. Uh, I've actually been up in some of those areas myself because of the fact that I oftentimes would post political signs during election season, especially on that left-hand side of the road. But the right-hand side of the road after Tractor Supply there's also some private property over there as well, but I've noticed some of the topography is kind of set up where it almost looks like there's a little hidden mound, and you can almost drive a vehicle up behind it and stay hidden there for a short time. That's a whole other issue. The thing that really bothers me the most is the fact that um, a lot of our youngsters – may still have to walk to work because obviously they don't have any transportation of their own. They're too young, whatever the case may be. And a lot of them are still doing part-time jobs or even summertime. They work almost full-time uh, during the summer uh, when that, and when applicable, they obviously try to work and make some money, save money, do whatever they want, either having some spending cash or actually saving it to get a vehicle or saving it for whatever goal that they have. All right. So, so spring world has developed in many different ways over the last, 15, 20 years, where they started adding street lights in that particular area that I mentioned, that wooded area, because the longest time between Crow Creek, Franklin Road, and um, the uh, urgent care that's there right before you hit City Hall, there by the bank, uh, there's no light whatsoever. And so it's very dark in that particular spot, Not only and there's no sidewalk, so not only is it dangerous to kind of walk that way, just the simple fact that it's dark. But the simple fact that um, you could be accosted, or even worse, the infamous white van comes and, and picks you up and you and disappears your ass. They can black bag you or whatever, okay? So that shit happens all the time. So we've seen some infrastructure in this town start to increase. We've seen some more lights. More importantly, we're starting to see more sections of sidewalk. 
and I had gone to a city council meeting a number of years back and mentioned that. Uh, why isn't there sidewalks going up to the high school? And, um, and so obviously it costs money, and, and we are working a little bit at a time to get that achieved. And they had start putting some sections of sidewalk up going all the way up to 75. Now, the interesting thing about that is that is a pro and a con. A place like Springboro is a mixed rural suburban um, area because the actual core of the city has enough basic infrastructure to have sidewalks, especially in residential areas. But many of the main crossroads, uh, 741 actually has sidewalks and uh, parts of 73 now have sidewalks. The problem with that is, is twofold. One of the advantages, obviously, you can go back and forth, not having to walk in the mud and all that other shit and all that other jazz, um, or riding a bicycle if necessary. Believe me, I've done it. Secondly, that also means you're going to have more uh, low-class people walking to go to jobs in the area, whether it's working at a fast food joint, one of the few restaurants we have here, or even a place like Kroger, okay, because there's many people that work at Kroger. Um, it takes a long time. Instead of giving you a cola every year, they basically give you small incremental raises throughout the year so you feel like you're actually getting something and not having to wait a whole year to get it, okay? But it still takes a long time to really build up any fucking money there. And I've known people that have worked there for 20-plus years. I know people I went to high school with have gotten 30-plus years in there at at, uh, at Kroger, and I'm sure one or two of them are probably getting ready to retire because they've worked there at least 30 years because they started there in high school. So the biggest thing is you see a lot of basic infrastructure. Now, once you start doing that, we're starting to see other minority groups starting to come up here. So we're starting to see um, more blacks coming into some of the shops and stuff, especially in Walmart and Franklin and some other places. But more importantly, you're starting to see a lot more Hispanics up here because there are many apartment complexes that have these guys coming in droves, and they have families, lots of families. So that's the problem. And, and then there was a restaurant right there on the other side of 75 in Franklin that it was called the Village Restaurant, I think it was. Little mom and pop place, hardly anyone ever in the motherfucker, but yet somehow occasionally they'd have enough business to just barely stay open, right? Well, they finally closed. Well, then next thing you know, another restaurant came in. It flopped after about four to six months. And then it closed. And then all of a sudden, Mexicans come in, and they uh, open it up and call, I don't know what, called, Las Pyramides or whatever. Then they called El Toro or whatever. And then then they called something else. But apparently, it, it, it started to solidify, and people started going there. I ate there once or twice. It's okay. Not much into Mexican food. Mexican food itself is pretty bland. Well, this is pretty authentic Mexican food, right? But that being said, how is this place staying open? Well, next thing you know, apartment complex behind where I used to live, all of a sudden there's a bunch of Mexicans up in this motherfucker. And I start seeing them walk up and down the way. So certain sections of 73 in Franklin do not have sidewalks. Now you may go down to a shopping center by JD Legends and you will see sidewalks up to a certain point and then there aren't any. All you have is the shoulder, okay? Then all of a sudden where Walmart is, they put one sidewalk over there so you may have to cross the street if you want to stay on a sidewalk, all right? But you could see the paths in the grass where people are walking and making a, a road. You know, they're making a, a walking path in the sections where there aren't any sidewalks. And, of course, they all go to the Mexican restaurant. 
and I've seen them walk up and down there all day in the evening times as well, um, going back and forth to that particular place. Now, I've gone to some other Walmarts in the area, and we are starting to see a huge influx of foreigners in here, not just Spicks. We're starting to see a lot of Africans here, and I'm not talking white Africans. I'm talking people from Somalia, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, uh, Nigeria, you name it. And you can tell because they look African. Africans actually have more round faces, and they're very, very bleak. So they do not look like the typical uh, African-American. I hate that fucking term. The average American black. The black looks a lot more uh, Americanized, if you want to call it that, because a lot of them actually have Irish DNA in them because of all the shit that happened with all the interbreeding and the slave trade going on with the Irish women especially. But more importantly is you're starting to see a lot more foreigners coming in here. Plus, you're starting to see a lot of Indians from India, and we're starting to see a lot of sand niggers. And the thing that gets me the most is, of all these groups, especially the Spics and the sand niggers that come in here, they're doing very well. They're they're wearing some of them are very, wearing fairly nice clothes. More importantly, they're driving very nice vehicles. I see a lot of sand niggers driving Lexus, Mercedes Benz. Um, trying to think some other ones, maybe a Beamer, and this, a lot of the Spicks are driving brand new, spanking brand new. We're talking no less than two or three-year-old fucking full-size trucks, okay? I'm sitting there going, what the fuck, dude? Are you fucking kidding me? So, I mean, we are seeing a lot of these fuckers coming in here. And just a simple fact, you could, you could sit there and attack me just because the terms I use, but what matters is, is that I am relaying what I am observing. And these fuckers don't talk a lick of English. They, ref- they simply cannot or they refuse to speak English, even to try. You know, if I go to Germany, if I go to France, or if I go to fucking Italy, they at least expect me to try to speak their fucking language, you know. I should be arrogant and expect them to speak English for me. And make sure they speak it well enough that I understand. No, dude. If you're in their country, you need to have the courtesy to at least try to speak their language. That's just generally how it works. Okay? I mean, I don't go to fucking Zulu and expect them to speak fucking English. No, I expect them to know Zulu. Whatever the fuck it is. So, I mean, you know, if I go to Japan, you know, I expect to know at least some Japanese. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of nips over there that can speak fucking English, but a lot of them speak Japanese as their primary language because that's their, that's their country. And they've done a very good job trying to keep a lot of foreigners out from actually living there if possible. They don't allow Muslims, and they don't allow some of these other groups to come in there because they know what happens when you fucking go in there. Chaos. Misogynation. Watering down of their race. They know. Besides, they've already experienced it from the Americans coming in after they were conquered in 1945. So they have a pretty good idea what's going to happen if you start letting these fuckers start coming in there. That's why Chinese have all these Muslims in camps. Because they know what happens, you let them loose. You're going to commit jihad all over the fucking place, and they're like, fuck that shit. We're trying to control our citizens now. We don't want a bunch of... You know, camel jock is coming here going, Allah Akbar and shit, and they're blowing up shit. Then it'll inspire the rest of the Chinese people to think, oh, the government's weak. Fuck them. 
and then the uh to be Tiananmen Square on fucking steroids. Plenty of articles that we're going to cover that really showcase a lot of the craziness that's going on since this bullshit over in the Middle East started. So, there was one article in particular I really wanted to cover. And I was just like pretty amazed, actually. Um, like I said, we're already starting to see blowback from anyone that doesn't have the right answer on whose side you're supposed to be on, okay? So this is uh, some very interesting information. So let's start with Harvard. Harvard is obviously a fairly prominent elite school, and you start to see some of the shit that's going here. So this is from The Blaze. Um, Non-binary NYU Bar Association president loses big-time job after siding with Hamas. Harvard students reportedly get blacklisted. So, yes, this becomes very, very interesting. And um, this article kind of says it all, really, in a nutshell. So, um, kicking it off here, leftist students at various prominent American universities blamed Israel for the savage attacks it suffered at the hands of Hamas terrorists over the weekend. Four days into the war in which over 1,000 Israelis and at least 22 Americans have been killed. Some students are now waking up to the prospect that in their rush to denounce Israel and equate the mass murder of civilians by Islamist militants to resistance, they may have jeopardized their future uh, career plans. Others have already begun to reap the whirlwind. Okay, so what happens here is if you don't fucking side with Israel, even if you have... Uh, see the bullshit for what it is. Even if you're a non-interventionist like most libertarians are, okay, um, or you say, well, this particular person doesn't speak for all of us, you will be blacklisted too because of the fact that obviously you're not picking a side. You're supposed to side with Israel. And here's the, here's the problem. is the fact most leftists side with Palestine and the Republican Party side with Israel because because their Jesus was in Nazareth and supposedly Israel and so by default we should go and genuflect Israel. Now, if you look at slideshow on here, you see plenty of screenshots of what Jews really think about you. All you have to do is read, look up any meme of what Jews feel about whites, and you will find prominent quotes from many many. Uh, Jewish leaders, rabbis, celebrities, uh, you name it, how they really feel about you. And all you have to do is read the first few pages of the Talmud and know what they really think about you and how they think they are the supremacists that are going to run this world. So again, the problem with Christians is that they've been basically conquered by worshiping another god Worshipping their deities and worshipping the fucking supposed Messiah's words. And remind you, he's a Jew as well. And who knows what was really said by this supposed Jesus guy. Not to mention how much of his story is a fabrication. A lot of people talk about, was William Shakespeare really a person? Or was it really a conglomerate of several people? Okay. Jesus shows a lot of aspects being uh, pieced together from other different uh, religious aspects from several continents that intersect there in the Middle East. 
So we're talking elements of fucking Egypt. We're talking elements of India, uh, elements of Greece, and, and and many others. I mean, seriously, you start putting this shit all together, start going, huh? And uh, you need to take the time, look up a film called Esoteric Agenda, and you will see a lot of this for yourself. So let's continue with this crazy story. Angry and jobless. Rhino Workman, the president of the New York University Student Bar Association, refers to herself as a gendered plurality and claims to be non-binary. Okay, so before we continue this, this basically says that I am a leftist and I have protections because I'm a freak. Okay, I mean, people like, you know, like I said, you had your token lesbian back in the 90s. Okay, and you can get away with saying certain things because you're a lesbian. Prime example is Ellen DeGeneres. She says all sorts of fucking cockamamie shit just because she's a dyke. And she thinks she can get away with it. Now her her position as a dyke is no longer shocking. It's become much more accepted in society. So when she was jumping on the back of some black guy or some shit and was making a comment, she was supposed to have a show canceled because of that, because it said it was racially insensitive. Yet that fucking ugly-ass cunt is still on the fucking networks. So that's a serious issue. That someone is still putting this bitch on because she has she is a useful idiot, okay? She's probably one of, the only, one of the only few talk shows that's left on broadcast television because really that era of the daytime talk show is is passe. Oprah had done it all, and the sad thing is Oprah really showed us who she was when Obama ran in 2008. We were trying to say that we were not a racist society that a black woman can really become the top of a pinnacle, the apex of, of superstardom and influence. And then when you really find out what she's all about, she hates white people. She absolutely detests white people, and she wants them annihilated. So the very same um, stay-at-home moms, midwives, and, and all sorts of shit, and middle-class America that made her rich, Beyond her wildest dreams are really the targets. Her, that's why you see her at Bilderberg meetings. All right? That's the biggest issue. So, um, so even though you you're a freak, you've been a trans, you've done this. I'm non-binary. I'm, I'm a fucking nobody. Blah 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 blah. It doesn't give you any protections anymore. People think because oh, I have these labels that I am protected, which means I cannot be criticized. Well, guess what? <laughs> Reality, bitch. You're still getting slapped down. She recently made clear to her comrades that she believed the terrorism perpetuated on, by Hamas on civilians was, quote-unquote, necessary. This is where they're starting to show you who they really are. In a statement obtained by Yar Rosenberg of The Atlantic, which is a mouthpiece of the globalists, uh, by the way, uh, Workman said, quote, This week I want to express, first and foremost, my unwavering and absolute solidarity with Palestinians and the resistance against oppression towards liberation and self-determination. Israel bears full responsibility for this tremendous loss of life. This regime of state-sanctioned violence created the conditions that made resistance necessary. I will not condemn Palestinian resistance, she continued. Instead, I condemn the violence of apartheid, the violence of settler colonialism. I condemn the violence of military occupation. Now, these are all major planks of the left of why they hate America and America's history. Okay? Are we not, are we not colonialists that we took over this land and stole it from the Indians? Right? 
Are we not supposed to apartheid because we slaughtered Indians and we kept niggers here as slaves? We don't talk about the Irish slaves. Oh, no. That's not to be talked about. If you go to slave your own people, it's no fucking big deal, right? Okay? And then and then you got military occupation. Technically speaking, the South is still occupied by the North <laughs> since 1865. But uh, we won't talk about that either. So obviously with all their shit, that's why they're tearing down Confederate monuments to show that they are an occupied people. Right? So again, that's a serious serious fucking issue in that nobody wants to wants to make uh anything about it. They're issuing several more condemnations. The student bar association president concluded by saying Palestine will be free. So here is the tweet by Yar Rosenberg. Why did they come up with these fucking Jew names? God, I can't jeez. We don't speak Yiddish, motherfucker, you know? But then again, I want you stealing our fucking European names either. Quit calling yourself William or Harry or fucking Henry or fucking Jonathan or whatever. You know, I'm seriously. Stop taking our fucking European names. Stay with your Jewish fucking Yiddish names, and at least hopefully we can try to fucking pronounce them somewhat. You know what I'm saying? But God, these fucking Jews kill me, dude. The more and more I really read about Jews, the more and more I really fucking hate them, which sucks because many Jewish entertainers I looked up to as a kid. You know, William Shatner is one of my favorite all-time fucking actors, man. I love Captain. Okay, so we have some technical issues here. Uh, my computer's been on a fritz, so. But yeah, let, let's go back to Kiss and, and you know, again, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. So Gene Simmons, you know, has the audacity to fucking come up and say that Americans should be thrown in camps because they didn't want to get vaccinated. Supposedly, all the kids fucking supposedly got vaccinated, which I call bullshit, but supposedly they did, okay? So here's my biggest fucking issue overall is the fact that um, this guy claims his mother is a Holocaust survivor, a Hungarian Jew, migrates to Israel, meets his daddy, pops him out, and then at five years of age, moves to New York, goes to school, goes to college, uh, learns to play an instrument co-founds one of the most successful bands in American history and has a 50-year career and fucking making a name for himself. And this guy has the audacity to say Americans should be thrown into camps that don't want to get vaccinated. What the fuck? Am I missing something here? I mean, that's literally calling the kettle black. Now, I've heard some shit about Paul Stanley. I've heard his, his somewhat uncouth character. And, and some things with his family, especially after the death of his, of his parents. I didn't even know he had a sister. Apparently, she was pretty ticked at this motherfucker because she, he wouldn't even call her to fucking say that their dad was dead for six hours. Probably because he's trying to hurt tie up the strings so he can fucking take whatever money he can get. What do you expect? They're Jews. But yet, recently, Paul Stanley had come out saying that he doesn't think the gender transition for children and teenagers is acceptable. Same with Dee Snyder. He's half Jew come out and said that as well, and they got fucking savaged by the left, and in a matter of hours, they're genuflecting asking for forgiveness. So, I mean, that's the fucking thing. Here's the problem, man. You need to tell these guys, hey, you, this is my opinion, I, especially these guys. They're 70-some-odd years old. They made their money. They made their success. In this particular case, Kiss is getting ready to hang it up and retire at the end of the year. In two months, Kiss will be done as a touring entity, okay? So, I don't know why he should be backing off. And then recently, Alice Cooper came out against some of that shit, too, and they tried to cancel him. 
You know, they've tried to cancel Ice T on some stable teammates. And he's like, fuck that shit. They've been trying to cancel me for 30 fucking years. I don't give a shit. See, if he shows that it doesn't bother him, it, it's water off their backs. But that's the problem. You know, these guys are all, all fucking going attacking people and shit because they disagree with what they say or how they say it. That's the biggest problem. I see a lot of my colleagues, I've looked at through other shows, and they fucking hung up their, bo- their boots already. I mean, I just saw Renegade Broadcasting, you know. Kyle Hunt has decided, no, this last show was in July. Uh, Billy Roper stopped a couple of years ago. Uh, some other shows I come across that's listed on a couple of different lists that I've seen of uh, uh, suggested shows to check out. Many of them are archived. They're not doing shows anymore. So if anything, that just underscores networks like ours, the Resolution Radio Network, to keep going on and to keep putting shows on that we think have a voice, have something to say. So that's a serious issue is that more and more of our people are deciding to step out of the game altogether. Now, some of them may say, well, I just don't get enough listeners, or I don't make any money off of it. Let me tell you something. Over almost 11% of my listenership is in Russia, just to give an example. And now, see, I got more people who tune in from Australia and more people tune in from the U.K. every fucking day because of the fact that they like what we have to say here on this network whether it's a particular issue or our support of the Second Amendment or just the variety of, of opinions that you can hear on the Resolution Radio Network, which we are still adding programs to the roster. Now, I've done this with little to no money at all. Believe me, we're struggling. We're trying to upgrade some of our computers and do other shit. We've done it in the past. We've had a lot of people help us out. And people send us money on a regular basis. Unfortunately, we have to do snail mail because they fucked us a long time ago as far as digital transactions. But there are many people that believe in our cause and have supported us, helped us buy extra external hard drives that we needed. I was able to get one of my computers refurbished, um, some other stuff, just having other little things that I needed to keep this thing going. And I see the listenership steadily growing every fucking week. And as we had new programs, some people take some little while to start getting into it. Once it did, I start seeing the listenership going, such as Firearm Trainers Podcast. Excellent, excellent program by Rob Beckman. And you hear a lot of great information about uh, firearm safety and um, other similar topics as well. You know, what to look at as far as um, running a business, whether it's a firearm related or not. Chargebacks on cards, a lot of information on that. There's a lady on there who covered 700 years of, of uh, the existence of firearms in less than an hour and a half. And very, very interesting information. She obviously knows her topic very well. But again, we try to feature uh, programs on here of people that have something to say. And not just me, you know. I'm just a normal dude, man. I'm just one man's opinion. I grew up in, in, in uh, the Midwest, Daytonian, you know. I'm just a normal middle-class guy trying to fucking make it. And I see stupid shit going on, and I start raising questions. You know, I've got a school board meetings, and, I, and, I, and I'm trying to bring up some of these issues, and I raise this thing, and a lot of people don't understand what the fuck I'm saying. Then also, within two to five years, hell, even in some cases, ten years, I have been fully vetted to show that I was right. I was ahead of the curve. I kept saying, y'all need to start going to school board meetings. Know what the fuck your money's going to. Even if you don't have kids in the fucking school system, once in a while, you might want to find out what your money's being 
is being maliciously used for. And start raising questions. It's your fucking money. You wonder why property taxes keep going up. You know, I know people that are on disability who can barely pay their mortgage, much less pay their actual fucking property taxes. And then every fucking six months to a year, for example, Spring Bros pushing for another tax levy. Then we said, no, 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 no. And they kept saying, yes, 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 yes. And we keep saying, no, 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 no. And they're spending like fucking fifteen to $30,000 every six months putting shit on the fucking ballot. We say, fuck you. So, again, you have to start seeing people on there. Matter of fact, an, an interesting story I'm going to talk about here as well, where a guy was trying to have a pretty obvious situation of why they shouldn't be changing their school dress code. Pretty interesting fucking shit. But the bottom line is, um, as a parent, he's concerned, especially if he has daughters. I mean, nobody wants to have their kids look around like a looking like a prostitute. The bottom line is, that's what you're going to have. So, working on the story again, uh, a sophomore stressed that Workman's views did not represent the whole of the NYU student body, stating, "There's no interpretation of the events that occurred Saturday morning outside of that terrorist carried, uh, carried out a plan attack on civilians and started a war. There's no justification for it. It's shameful and embarrassing. That is what it has to be associated with." Okay. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but obviously it shows that you're completely ignorant of the topic and understanding why these fuckers have an issue with that colonization of fucking Israel fucking invading Palestine for the last hundred years. Look up the Balfour Agreement, bitch. You'll find out some serious shit going on there, okay? It turns out just as the NYU sophomore wanted nothing to do with Workman or her pro-terror views, neither did the law firm where she was set to make small fortune as a lawyer. Winston and Strawn, Strawn, that sounds Jewish, LLP issued a statement on Tuesday revealing it rescinded Workman's offer of employment. Today, Winston and Strong learned that a former summer associate published certain inflammatory comments regarding Hamas's recent terrorist attack on Israel and distributed to the NYU Student Bar Association. These comments are profoundly in conflict with Winston and Strong's values as a firm, said the firm. The firm added, we remain outraged and deeply saddened by the violent attack on Israel over the weekend. Our hearts go out to our Jewish colleagues, their families, and those affected. Winston stands in solidarity with Israel's right to exist in peace and condemns Hamas and the violence and destruction it has enacted in the strongest terms possible. Yeah, keep sucking that Jew cock, okay? Get down on your knees, on your fucking on face down, bitch, and start licking them boots because that's exactly what you're doing. Start licking them Jew sandals because that's what you're doing, fuckhead, Okay? Troy McKenzie, the dean of the school, uh, law school, similarly attempted to distance the school from Workman's pro-terror remarks, noting she did not speak for the school or its leadership, reported Reuters. Megan Kelly <laughs> suggests that Workman might be able to get a job at the UN Human Rights Council, which has long been critical of Israel. Whatever. Christina Pushaw, the rapper's response director for Governor Ron DeSantis' 2024 presidential campaign, suggested Workman might alternatively at a high-ranking position at Biden's State Department, which is funny because Blinken is a Jew. Blacklisted. Workman is not the only student who may be facing consequences for blaming Israel for the murders, maiming, rapes, and kidnappings its people have suffered in recent days. Really, motherfucker? Really? You want to bitch about them killing uh, over a thousand fucking Israelis and 20 Americans, okay? 
How about the tens of thousands of fucking Palestinians you fucking murdered over the last century, motherfucker? How about every fucking year you steal another percentage of land over the shit? I remember as a kid watching fucking news clips and going, why is it there's always shit going on in, in, on the West Bank in Gaza? I mean, I'm sick of hearing these golden nights. I am so sick of hearing the names of these goddamn places because they're always on the fucking news. Making it look like, oh, the poor Jews, the biggest fucking. Let me tell you something, motherfucker. Know your fucking enemy and their tactics. The Jews are responsible for bringing the fucking immigration uncontrolled in this fucking country since 1965, okay? Thanks to fucking Teddy Kennedy throwing the fucking doors open for us, all right? Now we're seeing the effects of that fucking shit. Reagan got hoodwinked in 86 of getting the amnesty and 2 million fucking spicks. Now they use that as a precedent. Because if Biden, before he goes out, he's going to make sure 20 to 30 million of these motherfuckers are going to be uh, given citizenship, which will flip the electric overnight in majority of fucking red states by default. So you dumbass fucking white people worried about Israel because it's God's country. Or, oh, jeez, what you do to the poor baby you get their heads locked off. <laughs> oh, we're talking about the babies in incubators and shit like we did in Iraq situation, right? Which never fucking happened. And the funniest thing is, is that even Tel Aviv isn't even talking about the fucking propaganda bullshit that's out there. Oh, look, the rocket's being fired into fucking Israel. Dude, how in the fuck did Hamas get those type of fucking rocket launchers? Dude, it's from a video game. Yes. And that's the thing that disturbs me. Every time I see a commercial for a new video game to come out, especially one of these uh, shooting games, okay, Code of Honor, whatever the fuck it's called, I don't play this shit, so I don't fucking care. But the bottom line is I look at it and go, God damn, dude, it's looking so good it's 2D now. I said pretty soon they won't need actors in movies. They'll just make everything fucking character-generated. We won't need to pay athletes hundreds of millions of dollars to catch a stupid fucking-looking ball or, or take a bat, okay? It'll all be computer-generated. You can create Fletch. You can create Spencer. You can create whoever, and it'll all be CGI, and you'll still be rooting for it because of the fact that you like to watch a fucking sport, okay? I mean, Micah football has been so tainted because of this take-a-knee bullshit and, and uh, all this other Black Lives Matter bullshit. And plus, American football is hard to watch anyways because there's so many regulations, dude. It makes it boring. Because as soon as they hit me to have a play, you see penalty flags flying. All here is fucking whistles. It's, it's, it's boring. And me, I, here's the thing. If I want to watch a football game, can I have an option where I could turn off the commentators? I don't want to hear about some fucking former football player, regardless of his stats, commenting on football. I don't give a fuck what Boomer Siason says about fucking football games. I don't give a shit what John Madden says about a football game. I don't care. I want to turn those motherfuckers off. I want to hear the pl- the play calls. I want to hear the grunts. And I want to hear the helmets fucking smacking up against each other. Like I'm actually on the sidelines. I That's what I want to hear. I don't say, oh, what's this guy doing first? Oh, oh, I remember when I played in 76. We used to do this shit. Terry Bradshaw. I don't give a fuck what you think anymore, dude. You don't play football anymore. You're not with the Steelers anymore. Who fucking cares? Nobody cares about you, Terry Bradshaw. You were a fucking icon of the 70s, dude. Retire. Fucking just take your money and go. Nobody cares about your skank ass. 
Nobody cares about your commentary about football anymore, right? That's my biggest issue. Again, these dumbass motherfucking football whispers. I mean, be quite honest, man. I'm not into sports. But if I'm going to watch some sort of contact sport like that, watch rugby. So if you want to donate blood, play rugby. <laughs> Buddy of mine actually wore that sh- uh, shirt back in the early 90s. And I really know what it was. I didn't care. He said, I'm not in sports. And I was like, oh, okay, what is it? It's a, it's a full contact fo- like football sport. And he's like, oh, cool, okay, whatever. Like I said, I don't watch sports. My life doesn't revolve around sports. I don't care. If the team that I like actually won, cool. I might wear the swag the next day. You know, I don't give a shit. I'm not one of these people that go, oh, Bengals are playing this weekend. Friday, is that a uniform day? I go with my Loser. Every time I look at someone wearing a Bengals jersey on a Friday or some shit, I go, you're a slave. King slave. You must put that mask on and, and, and put that bikini all over your fucking face and talk shit because the fact that you're going to be breathing your own fucking shit and, and, and lack of oxygen and you're already brain damaged because you think, you know, Burroughs is going to save your fucking ass and, and make the Bengals go back to the Super Bowl. Don't you fucking realize that a lot of these sports are fucking rigged, that they're all fucking fixed? A guy had fucking written a book about that several years ago. He was on Jones' show a couple of times and said, every major sport, whether it's World Cup, World Series, Super Bowl, uh, Rose Bowl, whatever, it's half the time it's fixed. They already know who's going to fucking win, who's going to lose. What was it, the was it the 1919 World Series? They said that the mob fixed that motherfucker. Well, that set a precedent. All they got to do is pay a couple players off to throw the fucking game, dude, and that's it. The other team wins by default. But you dumb fuckers, they always worry about what your fucking sports team is doing. Never worry about what your congressman is doing. This is what you get. This is what you get. So this is how you know who runs you. This article is really spot on. Blacklisted. Workman is not the only student may be facing consequences for blaming Israel for the murders, maiming, rapes, and kidnapping his people have suffered in recent days. The Blaze previously reported that over 30 student organizations at Harvard University collectively published a letter entitled Joint Statement by Harvard-Palestine Solidarity Groups on the Situation in Palestine. Okay? The letter originally penned by the Harvard Undergraduate Palestine Solidarity Committee began, We, the undersigned student organizations, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all unfolding violence. The apartheid regime is the only one to blame. He continued, issuing no condemnation for Hamas. The coming days will require a firm stand against colonial retaliation. We call on the Harvard community to take action to stop the ongoing annihilation of of Palestinians. Among the groups that reportedly sponsored the letter were, now this is key. So you should be surprised that this particular groups fucking do this? No, because look at the composition of the groups. The Harvard Islamic Society, the Society of Arab Students, the Harvard Jews for Liberation, now that's a strange one, the Harvard Kennedy School Muslim Caucus, the Harvard Kennedy School Bangladesh Caucus, the Harvard Undergraduate Arab Women's Collective, the Sikhs and Companions of Harvard Undergraduates, and the Harvard Divinity School Muslim Association. So these are all people that all have a stake in this because they're all on the same team, 90% of them. 
Okay. Lawrence Summers, I'm assuming this is Larry Summers, who was in the Obama administration, President Emeritus of Harvard, responded, in nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I have never been disillusioned and as alienated as I am today. Obviously, it means, it means you're a Jew. Harvard is being defined by the morally unconscionable statement apparently coming from the two dozen student groups blaming all the violence on Israel. I am sickened. I cannot fathom the administration's failure to disassociate the university and condemn this statement. Of course not, you hook-nosed motherfucker. This is a sad one as well. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, wrote, What the hell is, go- is wrong with Harvard? Given the choice between standing with Israel or supporting terrorists who are raping, kidnapping, and killing thousands of women and children, you can see the, the constant theme here, 31, 31 student groups chose the terrorists. Their blazing hatred and anti-Semitism utterly blinding. So you know who funds this campaign. On Tuesday, Harvard President Claudine Gay issued a statement saying, As the events of recent days continue to reverberate, let there be no doubt that I condemn the terrorist atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Such inhumanity is abhorrent. Whatever one's individual views of the origins of long-standing conflicts in the region, let me also state on this matter, as on others, that while our students have the right to speak for themselves, no student group, not even 30 student groups, speaks for Harvard University or its leadership. Uh, that's fine, dude. It's especially if they state that in their, in their letter, that we as a group, just because we're under the Harvard umbrella, doesn't say – I mean, how, how many times you turn on DVD now and it says commentary and interviews within this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this studio? I mean, you could go put on a Star Trek DVD and read the bonus shit, listen to this, the, the cast talk about things, and, but they still have to have a disclaimer. And all they're talking about is how maybe the movie came together or their reactions to how the movie was received or how does this help the legacy of the series. No political statements whatsoever, but they have to put a disclaimer on everything now just to cover their ass so they don't get sued, right? How is this any different than the founders signing their name? on the Declaration of Independence, and basically said, we absolve ourselves from the fucking crown, and we push for our independence. How is it any different? They were all marked men. That's why John Hancock wrote the biggest signature on there. He's like, I'll put my name down this motherfucker. I'll make sure it's the biggest one on it, that I am the man. Okay? When's the last time you signed a declaration? I remember signing a Tea Party declaration a while back. Uh, since the Tea Party one back in the day where we had a declaration about something and, and I think it was trying to push for the, the, for the uh, uh, Ohio Freedom Care Freedom Health Care Amendment, whatever it was and I signed my name problem with that motherfucker, absolutely you know, that's the point you have to stand up for something or you'll fall forever for anything that's the way it is, man you gotta stand up for shit so, here's where it gets very, really interesting the damage appears to have already been done, especially to the prospects of those behind the letter. Billionaire hedge fund manager Bill Ackman, gee, that's not a Jew name, noted on X that he has been asked by a number of CEOs if Harvard would release a list of the members of the student organizations who sponsored the letter so as to ensure that none of us inadvertently hire any of their members. 
This is where it began. What did Martin Niemöller say, supposing about the Germans? Well, first they came for the industrialists. Since I was industrialist, I did not. Then they came for this people. Then they came for the Gypsies. Then they came for the homosexuals. Then they came for this. They came for the communists. Then they came for the Jews. And since I wasn't a Jew, I didn't say anything. Then they came for me. And since there was no one left to speak for me, well, there you go, right? So, but that's, I don't totally buy that bullshit. And most likely that's how communists work. Because that's exactly what the Bolsheviks did in Russia. Why does they never teach this shit in school? Because they don't want you to know the, t- the, the ways and the means of how they're going to suppress your society. Okay? All you got to do, Lenin is the most bloodthirsty fucking tyrant of the 20th century. Only second by Stalin and overshadowed in sheer numbers by Mao. Stalin killed over 60 million of his own people. Mao did over 80 million plus that we know of. Hitler supposedly got six million Jews, <laughs> supposedly. And there's all and there's a whole bunch of evidence to show where that bullshit six million came from. Okay, right, whatever. And more and more evidence is finding every day that is not what happened, and that if you even talk about that fact, you're all across the bar. Uh Yeah, dude, it's any historical event. Any historical event is open to investigation. Truth fears no investigation. Adolf Hitler. So if, in fact, their numbers, the members support the letter they have released, the names of the signatories should be made public so their views are publicly known, continued the CEO of Pershing Square. According to the collective student letter, names of the signatories were omitted for student safety. <laughs> I love these leftists. They'll fucking go and talk all this shit when it comes time to step up and say, well, who are you? Uh, they won't even come and say, I'm Spartacus. Okay, they won't even say, "Oh, my name's John Smith" or "I'm Snoopy." Okay, they'll come up with some nom de plume. No different than some of our founders who are writing letters and was coming up with nom de plumes. Benjamin Franklin had written a lot of stuff as Person X in his own papers. Yeah, one of the few people that actually put out the thing that really mattered um, was, oh God, I just guys got their name. The guy that wrote Common Sense, Thomas. So he wrote Common Sense, and he, and he stood behind it, and a lot of the founding fathers read it, as well as many people, and agreed that there was a legitimate argument there, which eventually led to the Declaration of Independence. Right? So they are ready to start going after these people. Right? Ackman added, one should not be able to hide behind a corporate shield when issuing statements supporting the actions of terrorists who we – we now learn, have beheaded babies, among other inconceivably despicable acts. Prove to me that those babies were fucking beheaded. First of all, prove me they're Jewish babies, and then prove to me that I, that footage actually exists, and it's actually happened there in Israel. Because we're seeing a lot of footage that's coming out there, like the paragliders. Dude, that was an event that happened in fucking Egypt. Hell yeah. They said, oh, the paraglider right in that fucking concert. No, dude, that happened in Egypt, and that was like a year ago. So more and more of the footage that they're showing all this shit's happening uh, is BS. Again, don't believe everything you see, especially on social media. Well, it's one thing I respect about InfoWars, trust and verify. They definitely go look at that shit, and they go to find the truth of it. That's another reason why InfoWars is hated, and that's why a lot of why InfoWars is respected, 
because they do spend time to trust and verify their sources and, and will go multiple sources to confirm that things happen, you know? And so it's amazing. And, and so many people that come on to Alex Jones' show really know what the fuck they're talking about, um, either firsthand experience or taking the risk of being a whistleblower. So, uh, yeah, other business leaders responded to Ackman's post suggesting a similarity will avoid hiring the signatories, okay? Among them was Jonathan Newman, the CEO of the restaurant chain Sweet Green, who said, I would like to know so I would never hire these people, right? John Hassan of Town Hall has since identified the leaders of various groups behind the letter, so they've already been doxxed. The Harvard Crimson reported that as of Tuesday night, at least five of 34 student groups had withdrawn their endorsements amid the backlash. So they're already starting to feel the pressure. One group, Act on a Dream, told the Crimson the group had signed the letter as a result of miscommunication and a lack of due diligence in sharing the statement with the entirety of the board. Our board members were not made aware that AOD as an organization has signed on to the PSC statement, so the Endorsement of their statement in no way reflects their individual opinions about the issue, ensuing violence in Palestine and Israel. Suck like that fucking Jew cock. The, the Harvard undergraduate Nepali Student Association similarly backtracked on its endorsement, stating, we regret that our decision to co-sign the latest PSC statement to call attention to historical injustice against Palestinians with an earnest desire for peace has been interpreted as a tested support for the recent violent attacks in Israel to ensure that our stance on the condemnation of violence by Hamas and support for just peace remains clear. We retract our signature from the statement. <laughs> Keep crying, bitch. Danielle Michaelian, a board member of one of the sponsoring groups and a law school student, was among those issuing panicked apologies on X, claiming the statement is not representative of my values and my heart is with those impacted. Oh, now that's a fucking generic way of saying, I'm sorry. Fuck off. So, again, this is the type of bullshit that's going on. So until you really start stepping up, <laughs> step out, okay? So the bottom line is we see all these politicians, if you don't automatically start with Israel right up right now with the Speaker of the House race going on, Steve Scalise looks like he has no chance in hell of fucking getting. Jim Jordan looks like he's going to go straight in there. However, he's already issued a statement that basically he's going to – first thing you do if he becomes Speaker of the House is essentially he's going to side with Israel. Well, really, dude, this is how you know who fucking runs your campaigns. I had high hopes for Jim Jordan. He seemed like one of the guys that wasn't corrupt, wasn't taking all the money, and then next thing you know. So Jim Jordan reveals his first move if elected House Speaker. That's on uh, dailyfetch.com. So, and I said, well, that's sad. That should not only disqualify him as a candidate for Speaker, but should immediately throw into question who funds his campaign now. Tell me what your first directive would be as House Speaker, Maria Bartiromo asked uh, Jim Jordan. He responded, to help the state of Israel. There will be some resolution on the floor to support the state of Israel. Dude, that is the definition of sedition and treason, okay? We have 50 states in this fucking country. We don't have 51, 
and and the star of David is not one of the stars in our goddamn fucking camp, motherfucker. It is not the 51st state of the United States, or they would make it sure that was the first state, okay? So, I mean, the bottom line is this is not our country. It's not our territory. We don't have nothing to fucking care about that shit. Again, and, they, and then they text Rashida Tlaib about, oh, what did you say about Jewish babies in Israel? Bitch, she's a Palestinian. You think she gives a fuck about Jews? She's got a pride flag hanging out in front of her fucking door. How can you have a Palestinian flag and a pride flag on either side of your door in Congress? How does that work? Because the progress flag is a Jew creation. I don't care how left you think you are. You can't support that and be a support of Palestine. It doesn't work. That's like saying, um, I don't have anything against fags, but I like it up the ass. Huh? Seriously? That's like Christians against Christ, dude. What the fuck? You can't be pro-something that's part of the fucking thing that your enemy is propagating. It doesn't work, man. So if he's already saying to do this, then Jim Jordan, I'm sorry. Bye-bye, buddy. Got to go. One more fucking guy that we thought was on our team. He's already licking that fucking – he's already licking the juice sandal. Because of Jesus. And this was funny here. Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer. This is a really shit fucking story here. Uh, Freebeacon.com. Uh, fraudulent. Whitmer faces calls to resign after omitting Israel from a statement of Hamas terrorism. This is a very interesting fucking story. And then it says, and I, I added to it, that's bullshit because she may be totally ignorant on the topic or non-interventionist, especially in that part of the world. But her lieutenant governor's comments are correct. Gilchrist has defended Hamas as a legitimately elected party that only rose to power because of Israeli aggression and accused the Jewish state's American supporters of kissing Israel's ass. This is how you find out who runs what politician, especially those on the right. Pay close attention to who genuflects. So after they started riding her ass about it, then all of a sudden she says, oh, our support with Israel is steadfast. Typical. So she, again, already genuflected and kissed the fucking Israeli boot. This is how you really find out who owns the country, who controls your media. This is a fact. As a matter of fact, some dickhead uh, on Getter, and again, people don't want to fucking debate me on social media because I'll crush them every fucking time. As soon as I crush them with the obvious fucking shit, I say, here, go read the shit yourself, then obviously, um, guess what? They, they go and ban you because they know they can't compete. So one guy put a poll out on Getter and says, pay close attention to the question. How much of the news media is real and true? 0%, 1 to 10, 11 to 20, yada, yada, yada. Okay. I obviously voted 1 to 10%. And most people in that poll also rated about that as well. And then I posted a meme that actually, matter of fact, uh, I had before, but someone had sent it to me in a DM. And I was just like, oh, yeah. It says, of course, and this is why. And it says, every single aspect of the media is Jewish. Six Jewish corporations own 96% of the media. Name it. Sony, Paramount, Fox, Comcast, Warner Brothers Discovery, the Walt Disney Company, 
Showtime, HBO, The CW, CNN, Marvel, ESPN, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Vice, Fox Sports, all, all these fucking places. They're all run by Jews. Now, this is uh, this cannot be disputed. All you got to do is look at all the, the CEOs of each one of these fucking companies listed in this fucking meme, and they're all Jews. Is there a reason for that? I mean, seriously. What if, now, as I mentioned on here all the time, what if it was six Italian families? Oh, my God, the mob runs the fucking media. We've got to get antitrust laws and bust this shit up. Okay? Sometimes that actually helps them. John D. Rockefeller had Standard Oil back in the early 20th century. Okay? He pretty much had a string of hold of monopoly on, on a lot of the, on the oil in this country. <coughs> and then antitrust laws kicked in. said, we're going to destroy Standard Oil and break up in several companies. Sure, no problem. Rockefeller totally went along with it because you know why? That was a new way for him to diversify because he still owned the companies that were that they were broken up into. If anything, he helped some of those companies reach in the areas that he couldn't reach for because it was out of his industry. Okay, so besides the fact that he was promoting all this pharmaceutical shit and and all this other crap, it's pretty funny. So, and then the guy replies to me. All divisive and directionless. The elite are any are any of our races. They despise all races. Cut the bullshit. And I replied, not bullshit. It's a fact. And I said, can you imagine if it were six Italian families that ran 95% of the media? Oh my God, the mob runs the media. Antitrust lawsuits. When you bring this, when this is brought up, crickets. And what does he say? Trick on the thirteenth tribe. All the resources to fill out your respectives on that. And it shows the Albert letter Pike to Mazzini, which says Albert Pike was a high-ranking uh, Mason as well as another head of a society and a former supposedly Confederate uh, general. And basically he said that there will be three world wars. The first world war was that you destroy the Tsar in Russia. And, and what was the whole purpose of that? What was the whole reason for World War One, which never should have happened, and not to mention – why America should never have been involved in that in the first place. In George Washington's farewell address, he said, trade with all, alliances with none. Okay? What happens? We're alliance with everybody. So it's bullshit. Then we start creating all these sub-alliances. you got NATO, and it's all those other bullshit, and all this other fucking crap. We don't need this shit, but that's what they fucking foist on us. So another biggest problem that we have is the fact that you have – Again, six Jewish families that run all the media. They bought up everybody. you got to understand how the, the, how the boom and bust cycle of the Federal Reserve works. In good times, people fucking spend a lot of money, do a lot of R&D, and get products out there. As soon as you kind of fucking bust, everybody needs money. People are getting ready to go belly up. Hey, guess what? I'm going to come in flush with cash. I'm going to buy your shit. You are now an affiliate of my company or subsidiary, or whatever the case may be. That's why the globals own all the media, because all they got to do is start buying up the newspapers. Then they start buying up the radio stations. Then they start buying up the television stations. And that's why you turn on any given local news channel, and every single thing that comes to the teleprompter is the same thing they said the next town over. I shit you not. I've seen videos where they've actually included Channel 2, 22, and 7 on those fucking things. 
Some people I even know on Channel 7. Up there fucking parroting exactly what they're reading on the thing. You know? She's like, I, t- I told Gabrielle Enright, Gabby, I, I, I trust you, but I don't trust your handlers. She's like, I don't have handlers. I said, you read a teleprompter, don't you? I said, you know Ben Swan. You don't go out and do investigative reporting. No. You are very good, and you want to keep that paycheck. You want to keep living in Xenia with your husband, and you want to fucking not rock the boat. So you're going to keep on reading that teleprompter. I'm sorry. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's the days of Don Wayne and, and guys and Louie M and those of WHIO back in the day when you might actually have some general commentary were gone years ago when these guys are retired and died, okay? WHIO AM 1290 is literally the audio ebook of the Dayton Daily News. They literally take out the Dayton Daily News every fucking day and trade off reading line by line between two and three different fucking announcers, the exact article in the fucking paper. I shit you not. I've actually sat there with the Dayton Daily News and fucking opened it up and waited for them to start talking. And then they talked about, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then I watched it. The, the dude reads one line, the chick reads the other line. The dude reads one line, the chick reads the other line. And I read it word for word right out of the fucking newspaper as they're reading it in live time. Harry, uh, Larry Hanskin, I call him Hanskin, because I was on Twitter before, I used to fucking attack that guy every chance to get all this Larry Hanskin, in other words, is a jerk off. Oh, well, read line by line right out of the fucking newspaper. This guy's from Indiana. Ooh, he goes and does commentary during University of Dayton Flyers basketball games. Who fucking cares? Dude, you're a fucking, you're a Hoosier, man. Get the fuck out of the Buckeye State, man. You don't belong here. Go the fuck back to Indianapolis and go report on fucking Bobby Knight's basketball team, okay? Get the fuck out of Dayton. Larry Hanskin, jerk off. I mean, seriously, there is no real information in Dayton. You cannot find any type of broadcast, except mine, that basically will give you some idea what the fuck's going on in this town. Nothing. The only reason why you know what's going on in Cincinnati, because Brian Thomas on 55KRC actually interacts with fucking city council members, actually talks to fucking candidates, actually talks on real issues that fucking matter a good portion of the time. Because he's a libertarian with a small L. And he's also a litigation attorney by trade. So he tried to debate him, especially some of the left-wingers. He eats them alive. So, I mean, seriously, it's always good commentary. But my biggest issue is, at least Cincinnati knows they have a $20 million deficit and that they're a lot of people's city, the, the city workers' pensions probably won't be funded. In Dayton, you have no fucking clue what Nan Wiley did. You have no idea what fucking uh, Ryan McLean did all the years she was fucking mayor. And the only reason why that black bitch got elected, because her daddy was the first nigger to get elected to city council. Fucking dude. Charles McLean got fucking elected to Dayton City Council. Back in the 70s or some shit. What the fucking do? So he puts his, they get his daughter on there, and that bitch held that fucking seat for how many, how many years? There was no term limits on being mayor, at least at that particular point. Finally, he got that dumb bitch out because we lost NCR because of that fucking cunt. We lost NCR to AT&T because AT&T was like, you know what? This weather sucks. I'm moving this thing down to fucking Atlanta. Ooh. Sorry, bitch. If you come to me a year ago, I might have considered it. Bye-bye.
We lost National Cash Register, dude. A Dayton fucking original by John Patterson. We lost that Dayton history because of that fucking black cunt. And then to find out her sister has a big old controversy. That black bitch runs a funeral home. You know what they were doing? They were stockpiling the fucking bodies, man, doing closed caskets and charging people through the fucking roof. There was no bodies in the fucking caskets. They're getting buried in fucking graves with no fucking bodies. We're not we're doing the bodies. But when that shit fucking came out, that was a big deal. Did Dayton Daily News do anything about that? Oh, I think they reported on page six. Was there an I-team investigation on that? No. No. Was there a head on a spike at all? No. Because they don't fuck Democrats or their families or affiliates. If you're a Republican, you make a gaffe, you make a bad joke, motherfucker, your career's over. They will crucify you in the public order of opinion. I've seen it. And I've seen other people that ran for office get fucking screwed because they didn't follow the narrative. State run, dude. Seriously, Banana Republic, you read about this shit. I mean, Dayton Daily News makes Pravda look like the fucking Miami Herald. I mean, seriously, dude, it's that fucking bad. Even Bill O'Reilly says that the Dayton Daily News is even more left than the New York Times. How in the fuck is that even possible? It's one of the shittiest rags out there, man. And all you got to do is open it up. It's the same handful of motherfuckers. I've, I've gone through there and look at the same. You can tell which ones are the fucking Jews, which ones are the niggers, and which ones are completely biased commie motherfuckers. And then they're they're conservative fucking commentary. They have a left and right opinion page, right? But the right opinion ones, half of them are Jews. I don't know how many golds, goldsmiths, goldmans, goldshires. I, I don't know how many motherfuckers on there, and they're Jews. And, then, and you might have one commentator or a commentator from maybe like occasionally from any culture. I mean, she's completely genuflexed to Israel in many ways because she knows who pays her bucks. She knows who her publishing company is, and she knows who runs it because that's how she makes her money, writing books and just coming on air, talking to shit, and just showing how long her blonde hair is and how she still looks good at her age. You ever actually – I've actually seen her in person, man. She come to a date and write the life thing, and I sat there and listened to her commentary, and she couldn't even stay on topic. She started going on a tandem, and finally, they go, oh, man, you hear about the right to life. Oh, that's right. We got to love babies. We got we to support babies. This is the kind of woman has no children of her own. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Oh, she's probably worried about losing that fucking five, six figure of hers. What the fucking do? You're on elliptical every fucking day. Nobody cares. And then I heard rumors that she was fucking a black dude there for a while, so there you go. You know what I mean? So seriously, that's some sick. A lot of people that we think are on our side are completely compromised because of the fact that they will fucking get to a certain point that they have to genuflect every time. Every time. I'm probably one of the few motherfuckers that would still stand there with my hands folded going, yeah, whatever. Why well, I'd hold my finger and say, fuck you. I will never forget the time when I was at Woodshot in 2004 at Fountain, Ohio at a concert. And and Fear Factor, Fear Factory was the fucking headliner. Ooh, that was fucking rocking, dude. Let me tell you what. Oh, god damn, that thing was badass. But one of the one of the bands that was on the stage because they do have double stages. One's a bigger stage, you know, the main stage. One's a side stage. 
And what they do is have bands play off like a half hour, 40 minutes on each band, right? And they all pay to get on there and then sell the tickets to make their money back. Something you can camp up there and do everything else. This is a cool, cool event, okay? This one band was up there, and I mentioned this on the show before. He was up there, and he, he thinks he's cool, right? He's some skinny little fuck wearing fucking, you know, camo shorts. He's got a five-pointed star across his belly, and pretty good size of that dude, okay, tattooed, all right? And he's wearing a backpack. I mean, he's such a fucking goober, man. He's got his microphone. He's acting like he's some hardcore guy, like dude from Lame of God or some shit. And he's up there. He's like, damn, damn, bow down, bow down. And he's laying his hand, getting people. And you would not believe me and the guitarist from his fucking band looking at each other like, what the fuck, dude? And all these people are bowing down out there. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, who the fuck is this guy up here telling people to bow down? I was like, to me, look at them, look at me. I don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do what Sonny's doing here. And I'm just standing here like, fuck you, dude. Bow down. Here, bow down to this. Why don't you bow down and suck my dick, you fucking cocksucker? I mean, seriously, I was like, here, you at a point of you, here, suck my dick. Because that's how you got to let them know, dude, I'm not some bitch like you are. I mean, seriously. As, as more as I get older, I realize even more so I stand up for myself more and more every fucking day because I'm getting to the point I just don't give a damn. When I stop getting fucking beat up in fucking fourth and fifth grade and started fighting back, I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of getting beat on. I'm going to take the fucking shit this time. When I went to school that we had a fucking a grassy area back there to call it the battlefield, okay? The rule was if you got if you stepped off the asphalt and went into the grass, you were officially in the battlefield and that it was legitimate that basically it's fair game, dude. You're gonna get fucked up. And I had some couple motherfuckers try to drag me out there and dude, I'm like, fuck this, I'm taking it, I'm swinging. There ain't nobody dragging me out that motherfucker uh, uh, willingly. You're gonna have to fucking pick me up off my feet and carry me out there. And even then, I'm gonna as many of you out as possible. I'll take out an eyeball. I'll bite your ear. I don't give a fuck what I'm going to do. And I just I started standing up for myself, man. I, one one punk on the fucking bus kept fucking bullying me. And finally one day I said, that's it. I had it. I, I got tired of being the fucking quiet kid. I just leaped on that motherfucker, and I just beat the living shit out of him. I grabbed all of his goddamn neck, and I, I tried to rip his fucking throat out. I said, I was determined that motherfucker was not going to fuck with me anymore. I had the bus driver. I had the fucking aide. I had five other students try to get me off this motherfucker. I wanted this bitch dead. And I wasn't. I was fucking lost a moan of sleep over it, man, because I had enough. This guy was not going to punk me out and bully me anymore. And after that, well, I never had a problem with that bitch. He sat as far away in the back in the bus as he could to get away from me because he knew Sonny motherfucking T was about to fucking clean that guy's clock permanently. He he was Dunsky. And I remember sometime later on, at, at, in a fucking sixth grade, a little kid was uh, another kid was fuck with me, and I got tired of his fucking shit. Well, snot nosed little motherfucker, I got tired of his fucking shit, and I fucking got him in the full full Nelson. I'm just like, come on, you son of a bitch, and I got him down. Right, next thing you know. All the fifth graders and sixth grade boys lined up on a fucking line, so let's get Thomas. And they come running, bum, bum rush at me. I was like, dude, block on. This is how it's going to go. Let's go, bitch. I dropped all the weight in my fucking legs. I sat there in a fighting stance, and I fucking waited. And as that horde came at me, I just started swinging. I didn't give a flying fuck what I hit. 
busted glasses, fucking punch a fucking nose, crack someone in the fucking teeth. I didn't care. Wherever my arm was going, it was hitting flesh somewhere. And then this little motherfucker come up behind me and fucking drop kicks me right in the fucking tailbone. And I, I totally lost it and dropped, dude. And I had probably 20, 30 fucking guys pile on me, man. By then, the, the teachers and the aides saw what was going on, and they fucking came up there and fucking got them off. But let me tell you something else. That motherfucker, because of him, I couldn't sit in a chair for fucking years for any length of time. I fucked had a wingback chair we used to have in the living room. I think I can only sit in it for maybe 15, 20 minutes at a time, and my ass would start hurting because my tailbone was fucking sore. I'm like, God damn, dude, that fucking hurt. I said, if I ever get a chance to get that motherfucker one day, I, I will. One day I did. I was riding my bike up there. Uh, matter of fact, it was right from Phillips Avenue, if I remember correctly. I was going up that fucking way because I don't normally go that way, but I was trying to make a shortcut up to the high school. And I'll go up that way, and I see some dude waving at me. Who the fuck is that? And I realized, hey, that's that motherfucker that kicked me in the fucking tailbone in sixth grade. So I fucking like, hey, dude. Hey. And I, I, I jumped off the fucking bike. I launched right out. And he's, I took him by surprise. Like, what the fuck? I knocked him on the fucking ground. I said, how you like this? I truck kicked him right in his fucking ass three or four times at least. And he was like, oh, fucking hurts. I said, now you're going to know what it's like, bitch. Oh, yeah, I got that fucker good, man. Oh, God, I fucking got sex. I save right in my mouth. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I'm the type of person, dude, I don't fuck with you, but you piss in my yard, I, that's the way it's supposed to be. You don't fuck with other people's shit. If you do, there's going to be repercussions, you know? You fuck with my family, I think that's your whole family. That's how that's how the mob kind of does it in some ways. And if you ever read fucking the the, uh, the Satan's Bible, Anton LaVey, of course he was a Jew, but he even says on there that the Satanist goes for full retaliation. So you take out a member of my family. Or no, you smack me, I smash you. That's how it is. You eliminate the threat. And that's how it works. And that's how the government treats us. So you better start start stepping up, motherfucker. Because like Jim Morrison said, five to one, baby, one in five. They got the guns, but we got the numbers. They can't kill all of us unless they try to shoot us with some bioweapon. And and there's a good possibility you dumb motherfuckers got the shot, you're going to turn into a zombie because of last Wednesday, right? But the point is, is that we need to start stepping up, we need to start standing up, and you need to put down the goddamn fucking remote control to your fucking fucking sports games and start watching C-SPAN or really start watching shit more closely because the time is now. The Chinese curses may live in interesting times. It's not going to get more interesting than this, boys and girls. I mean, even shit that I post on TikTok just to see how long it lasts gets censored almost immediately. When I posted a video that Michael Flynn posted that James Woods put on, that look at all these illegals on top of these fucking trains being pushed into the interior. These are your future voters right here. This is the great replacement, motherfucker. This is the great reset. The great reset is to wipe us out. The great replacement is to fill our fucking shoes. And then Biden is going to do a mass amnesty. You watch and see. Because Reagan did it, and there's a precedent, and he's a re- and he was a Republican, and so he's got he's got carte blanche, man. All he has to do is say, oh, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna legalize 20, 30 illegals in here, blah blah. blah. Next thing you know, this country's gone, dude. 
Because we already see right now, as soon as you start electing minorities, positions of power and influence, they will always, always vote in the expense of whiting. I've seen it firsthand at school board meetings. I've seen it uh, film this shit. Big public schools basically like, oh, we'll push all this, push all that, because they know whitey will pay for it. I've seen it, man, too many fucking times. And, and, and parents are starting to step up the school boards and say, so what the fuck? Now they're basically being targeted as domestic terrorists because they're saying, why are you pushing this shit on our kids? But yeah, when you try to kick your kid out, next thing you know, try to get your maturancy. And even though there's homeschool networks probably in your hood, they're trying to fucking abolish that because they don't want you to fucking teach them right. They, they, want you to, they want you to teach you the rainbow fish instead of the rainbow bridge that connects Midgard to Asgard. So these are things you have to fucking understand. And again, even if you don't have kids in the school system, once in a while, stop in. This is how it works. Understand Robert's rules. Once you understand how it works, you know how they format the fucking meetings. Okay? Understand how that works. If there's a particular issue that you want to address, especially if it's on an agenda, you've got three minutes to talk about it. Previous agenda, because they're supposed to give you a copy of the agenda when you walk into the fucking school board meetings. Every fucking meeting. Okay? It's already planned out. If they don't, you need to say, hey, motherfucker, I don't have an agenda here. You bet you ain't talking shit. You must just dismiss this motherfucker right now because, of the fact, they have no line item outline of what we're going to discuss tonight. Because then it's, it's completely huh, your will against ours, and that, that ain't happening, dude. So go to a fucking actual school board meeting. Hear what they say. Watch, watch the format of the fucking outline, and it's using Robert's rules. You can always find thing on understanding Robert's rules on YouTube. It's not that hard. It's basically a, a format on how to do legal proceedings, and that's why they take minutes. Learn this shit. This is how you understand how things work. Go to your city council meetings. Read the charters. Find out how much fucking uh, ICLE is integrated into your fucking charters and your cities and counties. If they keep talking about smart cities, sustainability, and other things, then you know you've already got an Agenda 21 fucking thing already focused in your shit. Now this Constitution Amendment that they're trying to pass with Issue 1 right now, oh, this is really good. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to play the video here of uh, a reason why you want to definitely say fuck no on that one. Um, this is pretty interesting. Let's see. Okay, so um, there is actually a very interesting thing about this issue one, where they're trying to put a language again into the state constitution, so you can't um, go to seethelanguage.com, and um, you'll see what's on there. So this is Ohio issue one. Here's the full text of the proposed amendment. Be it resolved by the people of the state of Ohio that Article 1 of the Ohio Constitution is amended to add the following section. Article 1, Section 22, the right to reproduce, right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety. Okay. A, every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, contraception fertility treatment, Continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage, care, and abortion. 
B, the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either. A, a person's voluntary exercise of this right, or to a person or entity that assists an individual in exercising his right. Unless the state demonstrates that it is using the least restrictive means to advance the individual's health in accordance with widely accepted and evidence-based standards of However, abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability. But no such case may such an abortion be prohibited if in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, it is necessary to protect a pregnant patient's life or health. C, as used in this section, one, fetal viability means the point in a pregnancy when in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, the fetus has a significant likelihood of survival outside the uterus with reasonable measures this is determined on a case-by-case basis. Two, state, in quotes, includes any governmental entity and any political subdivision. D, this section is self-executing. So when you actually go to this website, it has notations around each one of these words and phrases to show you just how misleading it is. It's some sick shit, dude. It really is. So let's play the video on this. Actually, um, hang on one second. Hey, one second. I got to format this so I can play it. Okay, here's here's the video clip that I spoke of. Ohio issue one, and what does it mean? Issue one is a constitutional amendment, which means it will be added to the highest level of law in the state of Ohio. All forms of government, including the Ohio legislature and the Ohio courts, must conform to the words of the Constitution. So what is the language Ohio voters are being asked to approve? Every word in a constitutional amendment matters. When the provisions of this measure are challenged, the courts will presume that the people of Ohio meant every word on the page. If definitions are lacking or certain clauses are left intentionally vague, the courts will presume the amendment was open for interpretation. What other choice will they have? Many people have reviewed this language and have come away with more questions than answers. Here are just a few. What is the new right being created and placed in the Constitution? Because the actual words state every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. Well, the new right is actually a series of rights called reproductive decisions. If this amendment were just about the right to abortion, it could have been written that way. But the words right to an abortion never appear. How many rights are there in this amendment? Five rights are listed. Contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion, which is last on the list. Are there more rights than the ones listed here? Since the language is insistent that the list is not limited to these five decisions or rights, what will stop a court from adding more items under this new human right? How many reproductive decisions are there? And who will decide what others exist? Perhaps not today, but in the future. Is cloning a reproductive decision? 
our gender selection abortions are reproductive decisions, our gender altering surgeries reproductive decisions. What about children? This amendment only talks about individuals. There is no protection for children in any of the language. Whatever benefits are available to every individual are also available for children who legally are individuals. Is there a provision made for parental rights? No. Parents are not mentioned in this amendment at all. Can the Ohio legislature modify or regulate this language? No. The state is prohibited from interfering in any way with an individual's exercise of the right to reproductive decisions or interfering with any person or entity that assists an individual exercising any of the five rights on the list. Is there some form of exception? There is. It reads this way. Unless the state demonstrates that it is using the least restrictive means to advance an individual's health in accordance with widely accepted and evidence-based standards of care. What does that sentence even mean? Great question. It looks like that's what a court will have to decide because there is no further definition or explanation given. Time out. Ohio has lots of existing laws on the books regarding abortion, parental consent, and the protection of minors. What happens to these laws? That is true. And all of those laws are statutes. A new right placed in the Constitution calls all of those laws into question. Every one of them is subject to review based on the new right of reproductive decisions. Will abortion be legal throughout all nine months of pregnancy? The amendment does not use those exact words, but states only that abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability. Note, the law does not read that abortion shall be prohibited after fetal viability, so it may or may not be prohibited. Who decides on the viability of an unborn child? The definition of viability is left solely in the hands of the physician treating the pregnant individual. That physician decides aborting a viable human child is necessary to protect the patient's life or health. No one can prohibit the procedure. What are the rules on determining viability? Fetal viability means the point in a pregnancy when, in the professional judgment of the treating physician, the fetus has a significant likelihood of survival outside the uterus with reasonable measures. What are reasonable measures? How are they defined? They are not defined. This is to be determined by the treating physician alone on a case-by-case basis. What is the definition of life or health of the patient? No definition is given. It is solely the discretion of the treating physician. No one can challenge that decision. Does this write abortion providers like Planned Parenthood into the Ohio Constitution? Not by name, but Planned Parenthood or any other abortion provider can claim exclusive legal authority to define viability and avoid any form of liability for terminating the lives of viable children. The legislature may not pass a statute regulating viability because this amendment prohibits any such interference. Will this language be challenged before the Ohio Supreme Court? Regardless of how many the amendment, not by name, but Planned Parenthood or any other abortion provider can claim exclusive legal authority to define viability and avoid any form of liability for terminating the lives of viable children. The legislature may not pass a statute regulating viability because this amendment prohibits any such interference. Will this language be challenged before the Ohio Supreme Court? 
Regardless of how many challenges are brought, the Ohio Supreme Court is obligated by law to abide by the state constitution as approved by the voters of the state. They cannot unwrite what is written. Courts have been known to fill in the blanks, however. The court is obligated to protect and uphold every word of this language, no matter how poorly written or defined. Who wrote this amendment creating the right to unlimited reproductive decisions? No one has claimed authorship over this language. A group of Ohioans submitted the petition language to the state, requests to the lawyer representing these petitioners regarding the authorship of the amendment have not been answered to date. Believe it or not, there are more questions than these regarding what these words will mean for the people of Ohio.